Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey boys and girls, welcome to Scene Ed. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. We're missing one of the trio today. 
Uh, Rebecca is out with, you can probably hear her in the background. She's actually here in the house. Uh, they're doing crafts and shit for the wedding, right? Yeah. So, so. Aaron and I decided, well, screw them. We're, we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, so let's just go ahead and do you want to get into weird news? Because I, you, you had some definitely weird news today. <laughs> yeah. Um, or do you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the wedding? Uh, we, we could do the news first. Because uh, I'm sure the listeners will probably gradually hear you know, stuff about the wedding and the background. So. Right. Uh, well, apparently there is a case that involves two deer heads. Two real deer heads. Real deer heads. Like chop, decapitate, put it on the wall deer heads. Okay. Now, mind you, it doesn't surprise me that people that are having said custody battle over <laughs> <laughs> after alleged deer heads... You know, live in a mobile home park. I mean, I'm not being stereotypical, just saying. Bada bong 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 bong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, uh, I guess they've been had this custody battle since January, and both parties have not uh, decided on custody yet. Custody yet? Is that what we yeah. were reading? Yeah. So, so how? They, they stole them. Yeah, and they stole them from a school, mind you. Or no, 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 not a school, it was a retirement home. Yeah, yeah. It was a retirement home. And it was Rudolph and Prancer. Right? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other article I read, and I was talking to you about this, is in Hawaii, I guess, scientists have found this fish. Now, during heavy storms, this fish will climb... 100 feet up a waterfall to get to the top of the stream and swim backwards. Okay. Now, upon reading further information about the article and the fish, it said that the energy used from this fish is the equivalent to human running a marathon. That's a lot of energy. That is. I mean, you know, I, I walked to the bathroom and I'm just like out of breath. I'm like, <gasps> Like, oh, I gotta stretch and get in the bathroom. You're like, oh. yeah, yeah. I let's just jump back to the the deer head thing because that's that's what's really <laughs> what possesses a human being with intellectual intelligence mm. to say, well, these two dead deer heads is worth going to jail over. At what point does that become, you know, well, if I get caught stealing these heads, I'm going to, you know, end up seeing Bubba tonight in, mm-hmm. in the local prison or local jail. What What is that? I mean, what, what mentality? I guess it's people have gotten to the point where they just don't care anymore. I mean, morality, you know, goes a long way to people that have common sense. You know, I, I honestly think it's it's beyond morality, and mm. I think it goes more into stupidity. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's again, they're what? What are you gonna do? You're like, I want these. I'm taking them. Screw the old people. Yeah. Like they're talking on, to me, right? <laughs> Come on, you know you want. <laughs> what? What? They must have been on crystal meth or something. 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 To have a custody battle over two dead 
deer heads. Yes. And, and mind you, I, I'm probably 100% sure that the taxpayers are paying for this, too. Exactly. I mean, why? <laughs> why? I mean, at least give the old people something to look at. You know? <laughs> I remember when Rudolph was young and spry. <laughs> his, his news grew <laughs> so bright compared to the rest of them. It's I, too it's, funny. And since we're on the conversation of, of uh, weird news and animals, mm. and I was going to save this um, for when Rebecca comes back, but it's just something I got to tell. I was Googling, you know, we, that's something that we do now on Scene Red. We always look for weird news. Mm. In the South, a, uh, a cop raid at a ranch. It was a ranch farm or whatever. Mm. And, and at first I was thinking, well, what did they find? Did they find weed? they find blow? they find, you know, speed? What did they find? Mm. What they found, folks, is better than any drug <laughs> that you can think of. What they found out, folks, that this farm was a bestiality farm. The owner had this farm, <laughs> and he would literally... Pour out his animals. <laughs> Come on, fat pig, make love to me. <laughs> and and yeah, you know, and people would literally go pay, and I don't know how much because it didn't say, but people would go and pay to have sex with a horse or a pig, a cow. That's probably where that one guy went, where he's got his uh, hey, oh, inside in structure. No, no, oh, no. I was thinking, remember we talked about Yeah, the guy, in, I was in thinking India. about that too in the back of my mind. I was like, we could have had that on this. Um, so, interesting enough mm-hmm. for the protection of the animals, you know, because, you know, I, I can't even describe about what kind of experience <laughs> that these poor animals have. They, they, and I'm not joking, they were taking, and mind you, this is in the South, they were taken into protective custody. You know, I don't know if it's going to be part of the witness program, <laughs> but the animals were taken into into protective oh. custody. The owner, believe it or not, he was just fined for cruelty to animals. He wasn't arrested, and the the sheep, horse, pig sex shop has been closed down for good. I've. All he has to do is just go buy some <laughs> That's more what animals. I'm saying. Like, what's stopping this man from doing the same thing? I, I mean, all it is is time and money, a little bit of effort. But you know, the people that come in there is putting the most effort into doing this. You know what? I, I mean, oh man, how do I say this? If you're fucking animals, there's something wrong. If if you're gonna spend that much money, and I'm just being honest. If you're going to spend that much money to, sh- you know, to do a sheep, go find a prostitute. Go find a, a real human, you know, horse. <laughs> or a real human being. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. But yeah, he, he was only given a fine. It was like a ridiculous fine. It was like $250 or something like that. It wasn't that much. I should have took his ranch from him. And then like, you, it, it is illegal for you or any member of your family to operate on ranch. And they asked him, they're like, well, why? And he's like, well, you know, the crop seasons have been bad and I need to make some extra money. Uh, again, what for the large logic 
you're like, well, you know, my corn isn't growing, so I'm gonna rent out my animals to get buck fucked. I, I, you know, what? Where? Where does that? You know, exactly. How does that all all fit in? It's, my, my question is, do females go there too? I don't know. That that's definitely the question. It, it didn't say you know male or female. It just said people. I'm assuming females too. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it, you know. Anybody out there that's hurting for money, if you have some horses and, and just livestock, that's a quick way to make a buck. Exactly. No, no more shaving sheep, man. <laughs> no more selling the wool. Sell the whole thing. No, you just rent, rent it out. Rent it, yeah. Rent it out. I'm going to rent my storage unit out. Why? Why? For some animals. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why? And, and what about these guys' poor kids? You know, they're, they're out playing in the farm, and all of a sudden you hear, like, oh, jeez, what's going on back there? Yeah. Nothing, son. Uh, just... Daddy's making some money. <laughs> I'm milking the horses. <laughs> I'm making the sheep. Oh. Uh, as you can hear in the background, folks, my wife, she's, uh, like I said, Rebecca and my wife are out. Uh, in the back making some crafts so you're going to hear them intermittently mm-hmm. um, changing subjects I seen that you're wearing some gold yeah uh, when I was looking through uh, Rebecca's craft stuff I came upon one of Randy Green's she's like well let me see it right so I gave it to her I was like it looks cool she's like yeah it does and uh, she's like well, it doesn't fit me so she's like here you try it on and I was like, I was flustered for a second. I was like, like I'm, I'm honored because... Right. And that was one of his favorite rings. Yeah. And she's like, well, we'll try it on. I'm like, okay. So I put it on. Surprisingly, this is the only hand it fits on because these fingers are too big and these fingers are either too small or just not big enough. Right. Or it'll, it'll get stuck. And I don't like that because my bones are weird on my hand, if you can see. Uh, for the people that can't see, obviously, uh, my... For whatever reason, if you see my bones stick out on the side there, right. So whenever I try to put rings and stuff on there, it, it always gets stuck right there. <laughs> so, you know, I tried it on. I'm like, it fits. She's like, well, can you, do you think you could wear that until you know you get new rings? Because obviously, I don't have a job right now. Right. And she does have an income, but that's from her dad's pension. Right. So because Randy, my stepdad, her dad was a Vietnam veteran. He mm-hmm. served in Nam, and he, over the years, became uh, 100% disabled, and so he, mm-hmm. he was making a full pension. Yeah. You know, VA pension, I believe is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, VA. <laughs> and, you know, I really, believably, I really like this ring. It feels good, and it fits good. I think it was, like, sort of meant for me. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. I'm like, it doesn't come off whatsoever. Yeah, it's a little loose, but it's supposed to be loose. Right. It's not supposed to be like... Not like my your... wedding ring. <laughs> um, how do you? How would you describe my wedding ring? It's it's literally like melted into my skin. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it, it looks good, and, and it's good to see um, a little... Like, well, she wanted to give me a different one to wear, and she's like, well, you know, I really wanted you to have that one instead, because that one meant more to her. Right. So she's like, well, I can't find it. And I go in your mom's room, 
she's over there looking for it too. She's like, I don't know where she put it. <laughs> so again, I feel honored that you know she would let me her father's jewelry. And, you know, well, like I said, Randy's had that for years, and, and you you if you look at a lot of pictures, of Randy, I see, yeah, I, I've seen her. That ring. It, it's kind of bittersweet, you know, because mm-hmm. it makes me think of of Randy. But also, it's kind of neat because now it's the next generation, <laughs> you know. And, and you know, I, I'm very sentimental when it comes to that kind of stuff. So that's that's why I awesome. feel like a little emotional and like honored because I know how much you and Rebecca cherish Randy as a, as a part of your lives because he was always there for you. Right. And I, I personally come from the life that I've led. I've never been close to my parents like I've always had a close relationship with my mom because you know she's been there for me emotionally of course right. my mom my dad's always been in and out of my life my whole life so I never you know got a chance to sit there and bond and if we did quote unquote bond yeah it would be when you know he's stoned out you know we'd sit there and play Tony Hawk on PlayStation 2 and you know that that's just the way my parents relationship was and now I'm really close to my grandma because she was there to take care of me and, you know, help support me with what she could, you know. She did the best she could, and, you know. Although she wasn't really there for me emotionally, she was there for support. And, you know, I love my grandma. Right. Because, I mean, you can't really have... I mean, you could, but for, you know, a young kid like myself living a, living in Las Vegas, you know, one of the biggest drug-dealing prostitution cities in the world. Right. You know... You have drug people all around you your whole life, and you're like, you see the real world, and then you see the fake world people put in front of you. Right. And since I've had to grow up from such a young age, I can see past people, you know? I can see how people are, you know, or have been emotionally. And like I said, you know, I, I can see how you... And Rebecca have you know loved Randy, even though he wasn't your father. He was a father to you, and I can Absolutely. see that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you know that's that's something that like <laughs> to me, wearing stuff that he liked, uh-huh. stuff that you know he cherished because you know he liked it. And you know I've always wanted. I would keep telling Rebecca, I was like, man, I feel mad. Like I feel so jealous because her ex had all that time with her family. You know, he was there, you know, when Randy was alive. Right. I wish I could have had that time with Randy. You know, I feel like I deserve that. <laughs> no, I, I get you. So. He was, um, he was one of a kind. Mm-hmm. He was, he was very caring, mm-hmm. but he was stern. Yeah. And, you know, it was, he was a very good father to me. In fact, um. You know, last week was his birthday. On the, yeah, the 15th I heard. Was his birthday, and for the 14th, uh, my Who's the Boss show came out. Yeah, and I actually did a, a whole piece of just talking about Randy and how important he was to my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, because he would have turned 61 this year. Yeah, it was. I actually had a picture that I was going to put up. Yeah, but um, it, it actually hurt a little too much just to look at the picture. Yeah, so I decided. Maybe, maybe if I'm strong enough next year, I'll put it up next year. It's a, it's a really emotional. Yeah, for me, it, it kind of cements the relationship between him and I. Um, you know, he's, he, I don't know, he, he always gave me the best advice. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, and it's <laughs> he um, the best advice he's ever given me was shit, shit on shit or get off the pot. Yeah, and and that's just the way it was, and that's the way I try to live my life. Neither mm-hmm. do it or don't do it. Don't don't fuck around. Just do make it. your decision. Yeah, you know, don't don't procrastinate. You know, if you're gonna go do it, then do it. If not, mm-hmm. then don't do it. Because when you procrastinate, you're wasting not only your time, you're wasting everybody, everybody else's, else's time. time. Exactly. And that was some of the best advice. I, and, you know, being with Rebecca has not only made me mature as a man, but has made me mature emotionally. Because I was so used to, you know, being left alone. And, you know, people say they care about me. Yeah, you can say somebody cares about me. And some people can care about you, but in their own way. Like, when I was going through all the stuff that I was going through with my ex, and nobody was really there for me. They're like, oh, yeah, just dump her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically what they were telling me. Oh, you don't need her, just dump her, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I plead my case, and they're just like, dump her. I'm like, well, she is a person, too. Mind you, she is so self-absorbed and conceited that she plays that oh whoa it's me game uh, but to be fair yeah. CNN did say the exact same thing about me go ahead what? I'm confused wait <laughs> no I, I was teasing I said that to be fair I said CNN said the exact uh, same thing about me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um being in this family just not only with you know being Rebecca, but being with mom as well, you mm-hmm. know, with Lacey and I and kids and then with everybody else in the family, you do, you have to, you have to bring your maturity level up just to deal with everything. Exactly. I mean, I'm still like, I'm still grasping onto that concept because I have such a bad temper anyway, mm-hmm. and I have such a low tolerance for simple things. Like, I was mentioning to Rebecca earlier, like, I was, like, irritated because I couldn't find my wallet. Mind you, we had just cleaned up the living room. Right. The day before. And we come out, and everything is just ransacked. I can't find my wallet. I'm getting pissed off. I'm slamming doors. I'm knocking stuff over. I'm trying to find my wallet. Now, for every man, you know your wallet is your life. Yes. Okay. If you can't find your wallet, you want to kill things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... That's how I felt. She's like, you need to calm down. You know, you can't go over there with the attitude. So I was like, yeah, she's right. I need to just, you know, feng shui. Feng right. Shui. You know, that's funny you say that because, uh, not listen. Actually, it was Jaden and I. We mm-hmm. had that conversation. Um, I was getting ready to take him to school. And I was like, oh, I forgot my wallet. And I, I said, wait here. I'll go get my wallet. I went and got my wallet and came back. And he's like, why, why do you need your wallet? And I said, when you get older, because he has his want. He just doesn't really have a purpose for it yet because he's still too young. Mm -hmm. But when you get older, you'll realize that's everything that you are Mm -hmm. is in that wallet. And I can't leave the house without my wallet. Even if it's just driving a block to, you know, his school. Exactly. When I walk out of this house, I've got to have my wallet. Yeah. And she gets on me because (laughs) Because I, like, I was the type of person, like, when I was in Vegas and I had money, I always left my wallet at home. I'd always carry the bus pass, but I would never carry my wallet. Because there's so many people in that damn town that will mug you 
just for the hell of it. And I'm not shitting. I'm about to tell a story about when I was about 10 years old. I was living on, not on, I was living in uh, like a ghetto Mexican area of uh, Las Vegas. And it was in this apartment complex called Crossroads, mind you. Right behind said apartments was El Supermercado, okay, followed by a line of other Mexican places. Then across from that was another Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. So this whole area is like Hispanic territory, mind you. I know this is going to be very stereotypical, but the people that were in that area like people that are always looking at white people right okay i was coming home from i think it was uh my aunt was one day and she for christmas had gotten me a lego viking set okay and how old were you Roughly? about 10 years old okay okay now the box was about 15 inches long okay. and about 10 inches wide okay i'm walking home with this box so about the box is about 15 inches long and about 10 inches wide. I'm walking home with this box in my arms. Okay, mind you, I have it against my chest as tight as I could because I know how bad the neighborhood is, right? I'm walking home by myself, okay? I'm still a big kid, okay? Mind you, I don't really have muscle. I'm just a bit chubby and tall. This kid tries to run up and take it out of my arms, right? I got so mad, I threw him against the grass and he ran off. Really? Yes. And I walked home, right? And, uh, you know, I seen this kid the next day, and he looked at me, <laughs> and then he just walked away. Now, when people have kids, where do they get that kind of mentality? It comes from their environment. Exactly. And I'm thinking, like, to me, that was weird, because I didn't know what's going on i just acted on instinct right and so like i said you know me growing up from a young age i've not only matured faster but i have a, a little bit more intellect than people my own age people my own age right now i think are worried about uh you know going to clubs and stuff in las vegas mind you right now a lot of people that live in vegas know vegas parties are the craziest parties. You know why? It's because of the crazy people. Right. There's so much drug use and there's so much prostitution that people just, they don't care. So, they see parties as an opportunity to let go. Now, for me, I've never been that kind of person. I'm the kind of guy, I'll order a pizza, stay home, play video games. You're more conservative. Yeah. And not only that is, you know, I just don't like to be around people. Because with people come do, drama. Do you, do you think you're more antisocial then? A bit. I mean, like, I, you know how... I, I wouldn't say almost everybody, but the majority of the people that live on the earth go through, like, a depression phase. Right. You know, it's just that hard bump you gotta get over in life. Right. You know, I, I've, I've gone through a few of those, you know, just emotionally because... Like, just I don't know I guess I'm an emotional person because of 
the background and the life that I've lived. So, again, like, I, I just don't like to deal with people because I know how people are. Right. And, like I said, with people comes drama. Right. And you can't really trust people. And I've been, like I said, I've been around drug people all my life. So, it's kind of got me into the mentality that, you know, you can't have things trusted into people because they have the potential to be two-faced, liar, backstabber, stealer, you know, stuff like that. And that's, I guess, that's just one of the reasons why I just don't like people. Unless, some, like, somebody I know introduces me to them and they know them for a while. Right. I don't really like people. See, I'm more of a people person. I, I think when I was about your age, I, mm-hmm. I was pretty much a loner. I, I really didn't care for being a lot of being around a lot of people. Yeah. But because working in the medical field for so many years, you're mm-hmm. around lots and lots of people you all the time. All the time, yeah. And you just kind of get used to having a lot of people around you. Mm-hmm. So when I'm not around people and I'm by myself, mm-hmm. I feel very isolated and closed, which is kind of odd because if you would have asked me that, you know, 15 years ago, I'd have been like, I'm cool, <laughs> yeah. you know, but not so much today. So let's talk a little bit about the wedding. Um, it's just right around the corner. Um, so let's see, let me, let me think about, well, this is actually coming out tonight, uh, just because we put Saturday segments and then seeing red, yeah. you know, on a Sunday, we're coming out with a double treat for the fans tonight, tonight. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> so as of this recording, which is literally the 17th of March, mm-hmm. um, Let's see, and you guys are getting on the 18th, right? Yes. So uh, you're literally two, two, months, two months, one day. After, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So you and I, we already went out. We got our suits. Still got to pay the rest of them, but yeah, we got them, <laughs> we got them right. Um, and Lacey's pretty much Lacey's my wife. If anybody doesn't know by now, yeah, um, she pretty much has everything set for the shower. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do during the shower? Um, Sit back, play video games? Probably. Are you, you going to be here? Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Honestly. No grab. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, we were already informed, that we as Jaden and I, mm-hmm. we were informed that you know, no boys. No, were, no men. Yeah. The shower, so, so maybe maybe we'll, we'll go grab a movie or something. It would we'll be nice to you know, actually go out somewhere with Jaden because... You know, me being, you know, basically his uncle now. Right. Yeah, I I'd want to spend time with him, and I know he's he's a little antisocial, he's autistic, but you know, I like Jaden. He's cool. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> like, if you would if you see Jaden, you can see he has personality about him. Like he's a very loving individual. Right. But he's you know since he is autistic, he's got those quirks about him, and like. To me, I like to, cause not, I never really liked children, uh huh. Cause I was only a child for so long, right? And then my brother came along when I was fifteen, okay. And I was like, I'm not right, right. Now from me spending so much time with my brother, I'm like, you know, I, I like kids. And now looking at Jaden, I can see is he wants. You know, he likes his video games, yeah, but he wants, you know, somebody, I can tell around his own age, 
to share like his information. Right, with. right. So, yeah, I think that would be good for us. You know, go out, you know, catch a movie. You know, something like you'd want to see. <laughs> and by that, well, what's that? I was gonna say, Iron Man only comes out. You know, yeah. Well, we have a tradition for my birthday. Yeah. We go out and see Iron Man yeah. on my birthday because um, it comes out usually between. So far, Iron Man one has come out May first. Iron Man two came out May second, and then Iron Man three is going to come out May third. Yeah. So we just wait until May eighth, and Jaden and I go see Iron Man. That's yeah. our little thing. It's just him and I. Um, I don't know what's coming out in, in April. Yeah, we could check. Right. You know, speaking of autism, and I, I talked a little bit about this on Who's the Boss, and I think we could probably bring it in because it's a good segue. You you know, or have you heard, they're, they're saying that they have a cure for autism. Yeah, I believe you were talking to me about that, uh, you know, the day we were going to get our suits, and you were saying something about, like, a, like an electroshock therapy, basically, where well, it refires uh, the synapses of the brain to fire correctly. Well, it's it's not shock. What it is, is essentially, it's like you take a piece of metal mm -hmm. and you put a magnet under it mm -hmm. and you move the magnet to make the metal go wherever you want, oh, yeah. right? So what happens is, is they have magnets, electromagnets uh -huh. attached to the skull. And as the synapse fires, you know, certain synapses of certain parts of the brain, it's all, you know, computerized. So they know that... You know, the frontal lobe, when it fires, it's supposed to travel back and then go out and go forward. Yeah. Well, for autism, it just kind of goes all over. Mm -hmm. So with the electromagnetics, they literally grab, because, and, and I never thought about this, but how ingenious is it? The, the, initial, the initial, excuse me, you know, what happens is, is when the synapse fires, mm -hmm. that charge is an electromagnetic charge. charge. Yeah. It's ingenious. It's, it's magnetics. You can literally make that yeah. charge move where you want it to go. Yeah. Same concept as moves, taking a, a magnet and moving the metal. Mm -hmm. It's got that positive charge. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they pretty much for, I don't know how long the session is, but you do it once a week for four years. And because it's the brain, it's the greatest mm -hmm. thing that, you know, that's what puts us on the evolution chart, you know, yeah. as top primal, primal species is... Our, day, our brains are adaptable to anything. Exactly. Whether you have autism or not, you can be trained. The mm -hmm. brain can be retrained. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can learn. You will exactly. always learn until the day you die. That, that's funny that you say that too, because like, if you think about it, you can cure all sorts of mental illnesses. Yeah. With that. yeah. Like uh, Alzheimer's? Yeah. Exactly. Because dementia. Or, yeah, dementia. Yeah, dementia. That's amazing. So what happens is, is once a week they go in for how many hours, hours, I don't know how long it is. Mm -hmm. And it literally, in a four-year process, so it takes 204 times sessions is what it comes out to. Mm -hmm. And you're 204 times. By the end of your 204th time, yeah. your brain has learned to travel the correct direction that it's supposed to go hence it's like eliminating autism yeah it's it's like <laughs> in a way it's like mental reconstruction yeah it's cool 
Like the concept of it is like very intriguing. If a person, like, and, and I think about this: is if you had no knowledge of science, you would have no idea what we're talking about. Right. So, like, us being nerds, you know, we we know our stuff. Well, plus I have some. Yeah, you. Know, you I'm, I'm actually. Don't gloat. Ma- don't gloat. I was gonna say I'm actually majoring in science. Yeah. So yeah. And I've always loved science, so that that that's really intriguing. And I actually got an email. Actually, believe it or not, I got a few emails, and they're. I'm gonna say this, and if if anybody out there, well, I know there are people out there listening that have autistic children. Your opinion is your opinion. You are a parent. Yeah. It is your right to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just as it's my right as my son's parent to make the decision that I'm making. Exactly. I love my son. I love my son regardless if he has autism or not. He is my best friend. You know, we can talk anything about from video games to movies to business, which is something that it, it you cannot fathom until you have your child. When your child looks at you and say, I'm starting my own business because you've started your own business... That is something I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. it. It's it's a feeling that cannot be duplicated. Exactly. So regardless of him having autism or not, he's my son. He's he's going to follow in my footsteps, mm-hmm. and it's something that I'm I'm not pushing. That's something that he made a decision on himself. himself. Okay. I've received emails, you know, saying, "Well, how dare you do that to your child? You know, why is it so bad that?" Autism needs to be corrected, and you it's know, not that it needs to be corrected, but if you, in order to, it, it's not really to say they can't work because they can, and they people are able to work even with autism, different forms, different, you know. And if somebody were to get that, say Jaden got that, right, the capacity for him being able to learn more things a lot faster would just skyrocket and then you'd be able to teach him at a young age all the things that you know right and it would make you feel so like happy and i know you see your face just lighten up you're like that would be so influential you know and a lot of people could admire that right you know and it's not a bad thing whatsoever to correct autism is not in a sense be like okay yeah i messed up on the paper white it out and correct it right that's all you're doing like it's not your fault right none of it is your fault whatsoever it's something that happens okay like my nephew is autistic right and they found out that recently around christmas and i had an, sort of an idea about it because he was a little, you know, antisocial. He was a little off. Yeah. And, you know, my aunt was just so heartbroken when she figured out that her son was autistic. And I'm like, it's not your fault. Right. It happens. So, autism isn't a bad thing whatsoever. Correcting no. autism isn't a bad thing whatsoever either. It's just the fact that people think, I guess it's a, like inhumane. It's like, why yeah, would you yeah, do that? Yeah. And, and let's just, let me just throw it out here, folks, okay? My son takes 80 milligrams of Ritalin every single day just so he can function. Yeah. That is something that 
It, do, it do makes you, you feel bad. Yes. Do you want an 11-year-old taking 80 milligrams of Ritalin? No. Mm-hmm. But, but, it all comes down to quality of life. Absolutely. He can focus. It's literally, my wife said it best when she first, because it was my wife initiating the thing of Ritalin. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm very... Anti, Anti-drug yes. medication. Yeah. I'd yeah. be the same way because I... <laughs> and, and she convinced me, which was the greatest thing that she had ever done. Because we all know David Montoya. Yeah. Once I'm set and mm-hmm. I'm locked and guarded, it's, it's you know... <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not very easy to sway my opinion. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to my children. But she did. She was able to convince me, and she got him on Ridley. And the best metaphor that she ever used was, it's like walking into a house, a dark house, and turning on the light. You see everything perfect. Yeah. And that's the way that is with Ridley with Jaden. It's like flipping that switch, and it's like, hello, I'm Jaden. As where with, without the medicine, he's still Jaden. But you can't have a conversation with him because his ADHD is too rampant. He has a high level of ADHD as yeah. well, you know. Plus his autism, so it's it's literally without his medicine, he's in his own world, mm-hmm. and no one else and and can enter that world without his medicine. I've, he cannot interact. Yeah. And I've seen that uh, with Leland is Leland, your nephew, nephew. Refer- mm-hmm. referring to my nephew. He, you know. He has his certain quirks about him. Sometimes he, you know, he will randomly yell because, you know, he doesn't want to share something. Right. And when he's on his medication, he can function like like a normal child would. And to me, you know, medication, yeah, it's like, it, it would make me feel guilty too because it's like giving, not necessarily like a narcotic right. to a child, but it over time you can sort of see like the necessity for it right because your child is like they get worse and worse and worse because their body adapts to the drug right and that's where we're at because when he started he was only on five milligrams um it was half a tab yeah twice a day he was literally on five milligrams a day now he's on 80 milligrams a day well, that, and you have to say that Jaden's, what, almost 5'7", and he weighs 150 pounds. He's a big kid. You know, he's on adult-level dosage because yeah. he's the size of almost an adult, mm-hmm. you know. So, and, and kind of going back to this whole, the email thing, I don't want to give my son his medicine, but he has to, to have, have it. it. Yeah. And if there is an opportunity where he will never have to take his medicine... Let me also explain something too to you folks. He takes clonidine at night because his mind is just so rampant of thoughts. I've I've definitely had that and quite a few nights. He has to have clonidine to help him go to sleep. If not, he will not go to sleep until he literally passes out from exhaustion. That's We have to do this because we want him to have the most normal life as possible. But if for a cure or a reprogramming or the best, and, and I, I like the way you said it, the correction, mm-hmm. 
It's not a cure, it's a correction. To, to take all that and to say, son, you will never have to take these medicines again. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it would be such an emotional experience because, I mean, you would see your child just if you were to see your child on the drug but all the time. Right. You would never have to see or feel bad that, you know, he has his quirks. Right. I mean, sure, sometimes you could sort of miss that in a sense because I know Leland, he'd go on about you know, certain things that he likes to like because he, he can't really talk full sentences. Right. So he'll like, he'll come to me and he'll show me something and then he'll, he'll like say like a bunch of like sounds and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, you like that? He'll, he'll have a big old grin on his face. He's like, nods his head. Right. And to me, that's like, warms my heart to see that but at the same time I know that that it'll always be like that for him unless he has a place right and in order for like for Jaden to function or any child to function that has autism like that they need that absolutely and if you have high hopes for your child and want them to succeed they need that medicine in order to focus right and in order to focus you know succession all that stuff. So, I mean, I don't know why people would be mad about it. But I did. I, I got some angry emails from it, you know. And there's things that I give Jaden. It's, you know, okay, for example, he's tongue, tongue-tied. Mm-hmm. I asked him, I said, do you want that corrected? Because we can correct that very easily. And he's like, no. There's no need to you know, correct it. So we didn't correct it because that is his choice. He's comfortable with that issue. Yeah, it's not an issue. To him. So we just left it, you know. But there's some things where it's not his choice, and I know that sounds bad. And I know that some people right now are listening to this, like you know, freaking out. But yeah, but it's not his choice. It's not because you're the parent. It's my responsibility. Yeah. It's my responsibility to take care of my child to the very best that I can. And I see it as taking care of my child to ensure that he has a better future than what he could have. I mean, he's going to have a good future. Either way, he's he's 11 years old, folks, and he has 107 IQ at an 11 years old. Okay? Most people on this planet have about a 70 IQ. We're talking adults that has a 7. He's 11 years old and he has, you know, over 100 IQ. 100, 105 I think it is what it is. You know, so he's going to have a good life because he's smart. He's very smart. But that's just the the, the treatments. It's just you, you get you know, you pull the diamond out of the, out of the ground and you buff it and you clean it you get it all sparkly and ready to go. Yeah. That's what this treatment is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, you pulled the diamond out of the rough. Yeah. And, like, I just don't understand people. It's like, yeah, you may have your own opinion. But in reality, you have no effect on the decision whatsoever. Because you have your own method of parenting. Right. If you are a parent, fine if 
you're not, why would you even care? You have never had a child to love, so you would have, you would not have. I say same... so. Yeah. So I don't understand. It. I mean, that's just me because, like I said, I've I'm an emotional person. Right. So when it comes to things like that, I can see where people come from. But other people pleading, oh yeah, that's that's inhumane. Why would you do that to your child? understand what autism is <laughs> and and that's what I think most of the people is and I know this has turned into a full autism you know piece and I, I apologize I'll, yeah. well, I'll try to segue into something else in a minute but for now we'll just stick with this um, his teacher mm-hmm. she says well I've been to autism classes but she doesn't understand autism exactly you folks you want to understand autism you want to understand my son you go to Netflix, go to Redbox, go to YouTube, whatever. Go to Amazon streaming, and you find a movie called Temple Grandin. You watch this movie. I I am not an emotional person. I, I'm not. I'm just not built that way. I don't get that emotion. But when that movie concluded, I was bawling. And I'm not making, I'm not going to put in no, you know, no little funny thing here. I was seriously bawling because what it is, is about this woman named Temple Grandin, who has autism, who is a high functioning autistic. High functioning autistic is actually one step below Asperger's. Okay. So that's where she's at with my son. I, I should reframe and not say that her name is Temple Grandin. I should re re say that her name is Dr. Temple Grandin PhD who wrote this book about her life I'm going to use my stick about it she has a PhD she has the same thing that my son has she wrote this book about her life and then they turned it into the movie but she another thing most people don't realize is with autism comes OCD yes and because she was very much OCD she was right there on set and she's like no 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 that's not how it happened this is how it happened and she would literally step by step by step explain this is what happens this is what had happened to her so it's the best interpretation of based on a true story that has ever been made because she was literally there on the set making it happen right literally because of, of that spectrum of autism that wouldn't let her just say, okay, well, this is the reenactment. No, it was like recalling her memories. So it was the best interpretation for autism. And uh, seriously, guys, if, if you ever see this movie, you will understand so much more about autism. Have you seen it? I have not, but I've, I think uh, Lacey was mentioning you. She was mentioning it on the car ride. I'll probably get yelled at for this uh, <laughs> later because I was pretending I was asleep the whole time, but I was listening to the whole entire conversation. I'm not going to say anything uh, because they were saying some pretty out there stuff. Right. Because they thought I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca got so mad. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I overheard uh, Lacey talking about uh, a movie about you know, autism. Several different movies about autism. 
Oh. I, I, I was, I, it's, it's still on there? Or? Oh, yeah, it's definitely it's on Netflix. I should it, it, it sounds like a good movie because you know that's what people understand is people, you know people that are artistic people that are autistic like I said they can function they can function at their level right and that's what people don't understand like oh they're autistic they bring out the R word right people that have Down syndrome they bring out the R word and and you know what, that is, and I appreciate you just saying the R word. Mm-hmm. There's not many things that people say that will just get my blood boiling. Mm-hmm. But when someone uses the word retarded, exactly that I, I just want to go and physically do harm to them. Yeah, because they don't understand. And, you know, like I said, that's why I do not like people. Because people are ignorant, <laughs> you know. But, but and I've got such a hot temper myself, and you, me, and you are about the same size, right? Okay. I will not stop if I'm on Okay. My brain shuts down when I feel so offended that my body hurts. Okay. Right. And that's why I'm scared of myself. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. So. And, and that's actually a good segue point. I got a story to tell you, and then we're going to go ahead and, and call it a night. Um, you know, by now, again, everybody that listened to this, and unless you're a new listener, and if you're a new listener, welcome to, to Scene Red. Um, I work part-time at a hospital, and that's just, you know, something I do part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a guy that was on PCP <laughs> and surprised me the high desert <laughs> he was he was fighting boy he was just going to town well unfortunately for him this six foot two 300 pound comic book geek cartoon watching was just feeling a little frightened and uh, he did. He came at me, and we got into it. And to to do the rock proud, I gave that son of a bitch a rock bottom. <laughs> oh man! And guess what? He didn't get up. Even if he was on PCP, he uh, he he swung. I ducked. I got my head underneath his arm. Went around him. And just kind of tilted, pulled back, pulled him up with one arm, and now we went, boom! That's too funny. <laughs> oh, wow. That was, that was... That must have been one, the highlight of your night, huh? That was, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't had to deal with somebody like that in a long, long time. That's, and again, how I am. And for me, you know, I'm not physically in shape. I used to be in shape. I used to go to the gym all the time. I used to, you know... I'm not. You know, I sit around, I drink monsters, I smoke cigarettes, I podcast, and... Munch on things in between. <laughs> well, and, and we're going to leave this as a cliffhanger. I'm writing. And this is something that is my best work. This is better than the end. I'm going to get goosebumps on that. 
again. <laughs> and I'm going to let you look at it. And that's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Is I'm working. Thank you for coming. I know it, it seemed like, you know, we, we have an empty chair. It just seemed kind of weird. Um, but next week, she'll be back. And we've got some more stuff to talk about. Yeah. So... For this week, I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron And folks, if you get caught at a bestiality form, you might be seeing red. Good night. <laughs>